occurring, but what's occurring? Presented by Zwift. So here we are again, back at it. Um, we've got an interesting guest. Uh, you know, usually it's just he's a cyclist, he's done this, or he's a footballer, he's done this. But this man is a jack of all trades. Um, he can run. Sorry. Polyglot. I think that's like when you can speak a lot of different languages. So he's a poly uh, sportsman. Okay, we'll go with that. He's a poly sportsman. <laughs> he can run, he can swim, he can cycle, and by God, he can talk. Welcome, Mr. <laughs> Cameron Worth. <laughs> Thanks, boys. That's, that is, I've had a lot of introductions, but that sums me up better than any that I've heard in the past. So well done. Thanks. Good yeah. start. We're off to a good start. Mm-hmm. You forgot to say, Luke, he's also known as human radio because he can just talk and talk. So <laughs> this will probably be the easiest part we've ever done. So yeah, Cam, over to you. <laughs> well, I got to say, I haven't got lonely in this whole lockdown thing. You know, I'm quite, quite good with my own company. I, yeah, I always feel like I've got someone, <laughs> someone with me. There's always someone talking. <laughs> when I'm around, even if it is myself. So, um, yeah, no, just uh, just ticking along up here in uh, in Andorra, um, shut off from the rest of the world. Pretty happy about it, I guess, at the moment. All right, first question then. Obviously, you know, for those who don't know, um, let's do a bit of background behind Cam and his career. So he um, he turned he's an Australian. He turned professional on the road as a cyclist. Um, he went through a couple of teams. He rode for Liquigas, rode alongside the likes of Basso and Sagan and what have you. Um, then he took a different pathway, left cycling behind. Did you do, you went back to school? You did some uh, studying? Yeah, I actually, I actually did university. I did my, I got my degree in economics and finance, but that was actually while I was still, <laughs> still cycling. Um, but before Don't that, give I, me that mate. Don't give me all that. Hey, <laughs> it's it's just something. Uh, I, I I don't. I won't pretend that I learnt anything doing it. I was the master of every excuse under the sun to um, get out of doing as much. Get out. Make sure I did as little as possible to get a degree. But you know, even before that, I was rowing, and that was actually where. I mean, the fact that I've sort of ended up in the team with you guys sort of almost goes back to there because Tim, like Caro, was a rowing coach before. He was a swimming coach, uh, which, was, which he obviously did before he coached the team. And that was where I first met Tim, way back in, well, it feels like 1986, but it was actually around 2003, 2004. And, um, and that was when I started university. So, um, yeah, because rowers uh, are quite intelligent. Rowing, rowing people are really smart. We're um, sophisticated. So you're involved in that many sports. I was bound to miss one off. So, so prior to that, obviously, you were rowing. Mm. Then you took a few years out and um, did some study and topped up on that. Yeah. Then you went full gas into Ironman, um, yep. which you're still doing now. And then yep. earlier on in this year, uh, we had, you know, full roster. Yep. Uh, Vasily Kirienka, our Belarusian machine, had a, a heart issue, so you were brought in to replace him. So now you're back in the back in the pro tour. So strange mm. career, not you know, not your normal run, but. Um, yeah, in- interesting character. So that's that's a bit of background behind Cam, if uh, just to kind of lay the scene. So um, mm. in this lockdown, obviously you can ride on the on the you know lockdown's over now. But during the lockdown, you could ride your bike on the turbo, you could run on the treadmill. But I'm guessing, obviously, you couldn't swim. No, no, really, all I could do was get in the bath and see how long I could hold my breath for. I got up to ninety seconds. Um, yeah, being able to hold my breath. And and it wasn't so much that I ran out of air. It was more that you can't really talk while you're under there. And 90 <laughs> seconds is about as long as I can go without having to say something to someone, even if it is to myself. So um, Here's one for you. How, yeah. What's the world record? I seen this on Twitter the other day. What This is to both of you. Whoever gets the closest wins a pint. Hmm. What's the world record for the longest a human has held their breath underwater for? Oh. Something ridiculous. I'm sure it's something like nine, eleven minutes or something crazy like that. Yeah, I, I would have said I would have said nine. So yeah, I'll go seven then because I can't copy G. It's either it's over twenty minutes. I think it was twenty-three oh, minutes. Far out. Nah, mate. No, nah, straight up. 
Nah. That's not nah. What do you mean that nah? Was, might have been a whale. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you carry you carry on your conversation, and I'm uh, going to get on Google. All right. Oh, uh, so, Cam, yeah, here's a question for you. So, I don't really remember you in your first um, year. Sorry, sorry, though. sorry. Twenty-two minutes and twenty-two seconds in 2012, German free di- free diver Tom Sietis held his breath underwater for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. Carry on. Thanks. Damn. Anyway, uh, yeah, how come uh, you seem to be a better bike rider now in your second stint as a pro than you were in your first? Is that true? Or is it just the perception we got? Like, <laughs> did we think you were worse back then or what? Yeah, uh, no, I was definitely pretty bad back then. Um, but, um, you know, one of the, the good things a few years I had away is I, I did a lot of other stuff, rode mountain bikes and yeah, um, even rode a bit of motocross and did some other things. So, and then also on the bike, I think um, this is what Tim picked up on, which I wouldn't have really thought. But in an Ironman, uh, you're going, you're actually going pretty quick. You know, as far as overall speed goes, you know, like you, you know, average 40, 45 k an hour, depending on the course. So, I've actually had quite a few years moving quite fast. So when I got back in the peloton, um, I actually felt pretty comfortable that speed. Um, whereas before, when I came to cycling i came from rowing so for starters you're going in the opposite direction so that's something to adjust to <laughs> straight up and you're not going anywhere near as quick um so um yeah so i think that uh i think that particularly you know being in, being doing the doing the ironmans and the, the overall speed of the, that bike uh segment you know has, has meant that i'm just more comfortable at speed because you know yeah the first couple of races i had back in the in the group yeah i mean i actually Normally, you sort of knew where I was in the group because I was like, oh, they're causing a crash or getting in the way or dropping something or doing something. But, you know, quite a few people actually commented they didn't even notice I was there, which is, um, is quite a compliment uh, for me. So um, It's funny you say yeah. that, actually, about getting in the way. I remember, well, we only did, I've only done one race this year so far, but I remember in Algarve, you were there and we were coming into one of the sprints. <laughs> oh, God. Bless you. You were like, you know, trying your heart out. To help the team, but I remember we were there, I was like, "Come, just get out the way." <laughs> yeah, we came out of a roundabout, and <laughs> I actually got through it quite smoothly. And I think Rowan, he's probably he's probably got worse skills than me. He's pretty hopeless, actually. It looks like he's driving a bus when he's riding his bike. His road bike. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped my wheel coming through that roundabout. We only had a couple of k to go or something for that sprint for Swifty, and so I kind of was waiting to try and help sort of get back into the front group. And Luke obviously took matters into his own hands and sort of had burned past him. And then, uh, yeah, just told me to, yeah, ever so unpolitely to, to get the F out of the way. And, um, and so um, that was fine. You know, you guys knew what you were doing. You got you to gotta earn respect in those, um, in those tense moments. So I've still got a bit of work to do there, obviously. No, calm. Don't sell yourself short, mate. I think, um, <laughs> I think you know, when you... Obviously, you had big boots to fill, uh, Kirienkas, and, and let's call a spade a spade. I think when, when you signed that contract, quite a few of us were like, wow, that's like quite a strange signing. And, um, you know, you come in the first race and it was Cadell Evans and, you know, it was windy. We had to make it a hard race to kind of make it hard for the sprinters. So we said, you know, there's a crosswind section, what, after 10K? And, uh, I think after about five, actually. Was after five, very, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was early. Bit, Yeah, <laughs> and it was a bit of a fight into the bend. Mm. And, you know, if your first race in, you don't want cro- your first race back to the Pro Tour after well, however many years out, you don't really want crosswinds after 5K. Yeah. Yeah, and five sure as shit, you were first man round the bend <laughs> and you started the echelons and, and then later on it split again and you were there. So I wouldn't sell yourself short. But what? how was it? You know, obviously, you used to just ride in, in a straight line-ish, on your own on a time trial bike. How was it getting back into the peloton? It's obviously a bit of a whirlwind, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, far out, man. I mean, I, you know, obviously, always, you know, you not you dream about riding, I mean, in this team. I mean, at the, when uh, during my time in the sport, you know, Sky came in, obviously, and now it's, it's morphed into Ineos. And it was always the team that everyone wanted to be a, be a part of, or particularly, you know, I certainly did. And, 
and I guess the way that I ended up back on the team, you know, it was just, you know, I mean, it was quite hard to comprehend. So I was probably more nervous than anything about not making a fool of myself or, you know, making, you know, they, as you say, it is a strange signing. I didn't want, I certainly, the last thing in the world I wanted was, um, you know, the people that had, uh, that had put, put their faith in me and supported me to, to be in that position to, to have to, you know, question the decision they made. So um, I remember the meeting that morning. It was the first, you know, first team meeting. It felt like, you know, it was all, it was all brand new, you know, the first meeting I've been in for a long time. And basically I was the only one with a job, you know, you all had a free role and you know, I had to make sure that everything was under control at the start. And, I mean, mostly that's something I've had some experience with. I remember being, I mean, I, I you could not have fit, fitted a piece of paper between my front wheel and the rear bumper of that um, of the commissaire's car leading into kilometre zero and uh, knowing that that corner was coming up I was right there and um, and also I think the fact that it was me at the front being the triathlete and everyone you know the stigma attached people were a bit afraid to come near me so I kind of uh, yeah didn't have too many people fighting me for that position and um, sure enough we yeah, we started and, and went around that corner and then I heard you behind me I felt the wind and you said right okay go and uh first thing i was like i'd forgotten really how to ride an echelon so i had to figure out which side of the road to head to (laughs) 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 so luckily i guessed that right and um yeah that first pull uh, yeah that 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 really yeah i mean after that you i didn't have a chance to you know get too nostalgic about being back in the world tour you know i had lactic acid coming out of every every orifice in my body and um it was uh, it was an awesome feeling, you know. It was uh, you do the first pull, and then and then I was immediately focused on just trying to trying to get back in the line to do another one. And uh, no, it was great to get going, and great the race split up, and and we made it hard all day. And then um, yeah, the, the guys came so close at the end, so it was a good start to the season. Yeah, and then obviously the whole uh, COVID thing and lockdown happened, but because um, you were a bit of a gypsy, really, weren't you? Like. You know, me and Luke, we're away a lot, but we have a base, whereas you, yeah, like the last five years, you haven't really had a base, have you? You're in LA, you're in Australia, you're, yeah. at least now you're a bit more settled. You're in Andorra, you've got a baby. You just yeah. had a baby. How is that, by the way? How is little uh, yeah. Wyatt? Little Wyatt, yeah, no, he's great. I mean, he, that was, oh, man, that was a bit nerve-wracking uh, leading into it. I, I told you, I think, that, you know, we're worried about, they, they'd said I couldn't be in there. and I mean, I felt like, you know, the worst husband, father to be on the planet. Like, I've dragged my American wife the other side of the world and um, now she's got to go and pop out a baby and, on her own, you know, <laughs> in a foreign country. But fortunately, the you know, the last week before he came, they relaxed the rules. So I was actually able to be there for that, that final you know, final part, she sort of had to go through the whole labour part herself. But once he was, you know, pretty close to popping out, they called me down. And yeah, it was, it was, um, oh, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. I was just waiting upstairs and uh, they had the phone rang and they said, right, you can come down. I was like, great. But I forgot to actually ask where to come down to. So um, here I am running around the hospital trying to find the maternity ward. And um, fortunately, after a couple of different floors, um, I finally found, um, well, I actually popped out at ICU, which was quite a, you know, bit of a sort of stopped you in your tracks, you know, after following the news and everything going on and, and knowing, you know, what how important that that ward has been to society, you know, keeping people alive and, um, and also, of course, the lives lost, which is, you know, really tragic. And then, yeah, but then, you know, in the next breath, I heard my wife scream. I was like, oh, well, I must be in the right spot. <laughs> and... Um, and bolted in and they, they threw some medical scrubs at me and, um, you know, got to be there for the last bit. But, yeah, I mean, gosh, you, you learn what teamwork is there, the pain they're going through to get a baby into the world. And um, But fortunately, he came in, you know, no dramas at all. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's good to know. You say teamwork, though. Mm. It's kind of like being a DS, isn't it? Just sat in the car, just life luxury in the warm, telling everyone what to do when the rider's going through hell, just like your wife is, and you're just sat there. Yeah, you'd be all right, love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it is one of those things where the, you know that they're going through more pain than you could possibly comprehend, but... That's what they to, tell us. That's what they yeah, tell Yeah, well, us. that's what they say. I mean, we'll never know. That's it. <laughs> so, um, but you... you uh, you also know, like at one point, Talon, she just said, you know, I can't do it. You know, she wanted an epidural or she wanted to be 
knocked out or whatever. And I said, well, unfortunately, he has to come out. So you're going to have to do something about it. He can't stay in there. <laughs> I can see his head. And a um, couple of more pushes and, and out he popped. So, but yeah, yeah, you, um, it's great having a, a sporting background. You know, at least you, you, you can remain somewhat calm and, um, and uh, probably be a, you know, a reasonable assistance because, because of the lockdown, we didn't do any of those. I mean, I don't know if anyone really does anymore, but you hear about birthing classes and all that stuff. I mean, I didn't do any of that. Um, I, I did a uh, bit of a YouTube course on, um, on, on uh, first aid, so I know how to resuscitate him or stop him from choking or whatever. So try and be a responsible parent. But that was about it as far as preparation goes. You, yeah. <laughs> and that just, answer there. That answer mm. there is exactly where you got the nickname the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so Cam, as, as Cam, I was going you, to say, anyway, Cam, like lockdown, the whole thing, like you were your traveller, weren't you? You you were all yeah. over the world, literally. Like, so it must be even more weird for you to actually have a real base now and actually be there for yeah a long time. Yeah, this is the longest we've ever been. One, you know we've been in one spot for, you know, at least since sort of 2017 or so. Um, and, uh, I mean, gosh, even after, you know, being with you in LA, obviously I shot back to Australia then shot back to LA and then went through New York, you know, then raced back. We went to Portugal back, you know I mean? Uh, just sort of a, a crazy period just before it all happened. So, um, yeah, you, you, you get, you, I don't know. I try to find a word. One of my mates called it busyness. You know, you just, because of training wise, I mean, we're all professional athletes. So, I mean, we're paid to do this. So, so we, I mean, we need to figure out how to keep working and keep training. I mean, at some point we are going to race again. We can't just say, oh, bugger it. You know, like we don't know what's happening, blah, blah, blah. I mean, at some point it's going to pass. So we have to be prepared. We have to keep working. And so as far as overall training goes, I don't think volume wise it's changed that much. But you seem to have so much free time. You know, I mean, you just wonder what on earth. <laughs> you get up to normally. Um, so, um, and in my also, case, I guess it is always moving deal. about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it with a baby. Now it certainly fills in a lot of that time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Cam, obviously you mentioned training there. Now you're in such a unique position in the world tour. Like every rider, they race their bicycle. Uh, you're in a position which is like, yeah, com- like I say, completely unique in that, You've got to, at any, any moment, you could be called upon to race any race. It could be a cobble classic, it could be an Ardennes, it could be a short stage race, you know, who knows, it could be a grand tour. So you've got to be ready to race at that level at any moment. But at the same time, you're currently, your main goal is still Ironman. And that's such a strange position to be in. So training-wise, how, what kind of balance is that? You've got, to tra- you've got to train like a world tour bike rider and train like a, a fully fledged you know iron man that's such a tough balance to get right how does that work yeah well, i mean i guess the thing is i as far as training goes i train with you guys anyway um so i've kind of you know maintained that but i guess racing was a real eye-opener those first couple of races you know particularly you know cadell's and then the first few days in our garb just realizing how much you missed that top end i mean i might train with you guys and do the normal efforts along you know, everything's very controlled and, and somewhat simulated, but that super high power stuff, you know, that I never do. I mean, even, you know, when G and, and Swifty are in LA, they'd be doing sprints and different things. And I just sort of, you know, let them do it and, and then catch back up. Um, but now I realize, you know, I probably, I really need to do that thing. So as far as um, adapting a little bit to be able to handle racing better, um, you know, it's just some little tweaks, really. I, I'd probably do 90, 90% of, of what you need to do to, to be able to race, I think, at that level. Um, and then the other stuff, you know, swimming and running, I mean, that the where I, I back off a bit on volume, but obviously I make up for it in swimming and running. So um, the, I, think it just, I think it's just sort of, you know, more, more than one way to skin a cat. It's just, it's just finding a way to, to make sure that I don't suffer so much from that from the, from just being in the Peloton. Cause that was certainly, you know, what got me the first, you know, the first few days back in the bunch after so many years of not doing anything, you know, I'm always in control of everything. Even when I'm racing an Ironman, I mean, you're always conscious that you've got to run a marathon. So you're never going to bury yourself on the bike. 
So just mentally getting to the back in the space where you've got to go as fast as the guys on the front um, and, um, and then deal with, you know, <laughs> the consequences of how much that hurts later um, is just more of, a, more of a mental thing, I think, more so than um, having to change too much, too much physically. But good thing about Ironmans, you know, you swim, you know, for nearly 4K, you ride 180K and you run a marathon, a hell of a lot of stuff can happen. You know, you go through a lot of different, you know, moments of how you feel physically, where you feel good, you feel not so good. Um, you know, the weather can change so much in eight hours, as you know. So as far as that role on the team, I think I'm pretty well equipped to be able to just jump in and do whatever, whenever. And, um, mm. and it's something that um, I'm really excited to do, you know, if the, if the season gets up and racing again. Because if it, if it does and it's as as jam-packed as it's meant to be, then I'll probably be quite busy. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got some good racing in because there's mm. a lot of overlapping and stuff. But would you say uh, running then? Do you, do you reckon that helps a lot with, with your racing, with your cycling? Because it's so, like, aerobic and it's, like, hard, isn't it? Like, mm. obviously, like, if you can deal with the actual mechanics of running, that's mm. gotta, it's got to help um, physically for your bike riding, no? Because you're like threshold most of the time when you're running, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the great thing about my training. I think that Tim sort of identified, I, I can generally get away with a lot more just generally riding because if I do an hour run at the end of it, I mean, you're doing an hour at threshold. You don't really need to do an extra, you're not Superman. You can't do an hour of efforts on the bike and then an hour an hour running. But I, I definitely, if you've if you've got some experience running, if your, your legs and everything are, pretty accustomed to it or you got the time to accustom to it there's no doubt they make your legs stronger um you know i mean you look at i mean say michael volgren you know a couple of years ago i remember in 2017 when i was there you know gee you'd crashed out of the tour and we were training with richie and and volgren there i remember he was pretty inquisitive about running he, he got into it again that off season obviously 2018 he had a pretty great season i remember him telling me he even went for a walk the day before he won amstel because he was so so used to that and I think and speaking to Mike Woods you know who's obviously a was a great runner he still runs quite a bit it's it's about you know the connective tissue and all the other little bits and pieces around the leg not so much you know sheer power or anything but just making your overall your your leg just stronger and I mean there's nothing that is more specifically painful (laughs) to your to your legs than running Um, you know it's all on them so um, if you yeah, have the opportunity to build your legs up so you can handle just running. And it doesn't necessarily need to be fast or hard. Um, you're definitely going to have a stronger set of legs. There's no doubt about that. And I think that can definitely help the cycle. But to put it in perspective, you know, you're making that sound quite easy. To put this in perspective, I've raced two races with you, Cadell Evans and uh, Vuelta Algarve. And after Cadell Evans we all got in the camper and you ran back to, you ran back to the hotel, which was 20 odd K. Yeah. I got lost. And after, I ended up doing 30. I got lost. 30 K. And then yeah. after Algarve, final, final TT, you went full gas. Mm. Um, and then went for a run after that. So I think, you know, you, you're not underselling it a bit. You have to do what we do on the bike, maybe minus a little bit, but then what you got to put in on the bike Sorry, what you got to put on the run and the swimming is is a lot, no? Yeah, but it's. I mean, a lot of it's also mental. I mean, it's it's pretty easy also for me to finish training session and and not really feel like going for a run. Um, like yeah. I can finish on the bike and be pretty happy sitting on the couch. But the reality is, you just keep switched on. You put on your shorts, you put on your shoes, and and out out the door um, you go. Um, so yeah, I I think a lot of that is mental, and and you can definitely definitely train yourself yeah train yourself to handle it but also like like with what i do in iron man i'm also not trying to run like kipchoge you know it's not i'm not trying to be the best runner on the planet you know it's more a case of um being able to sort of effectively efficiently move when you're tired running you know it's basically who's slow is the fastest in iron man and um and yeah i mean my running's improved a lot i mean i went from you know three years ago my best Best marathon was like a, just over, was around three hours, 301. Um, took me a couple of years to break three hours. And then last year, I was able to run 245. Uh, and then, you know, I've definitely improved a lot even this year. One, one great thing about racing with you guys was just reminding myself how much you can hurt yourself. I mean, that's, as I said, it's, 
yeah, like I do a lot of training, a lot of exercise, but none of it's super intensive. You know, you're just constantly building an engine. And, and so learning, you know, what lactate really felt like again, learning what it feels like for your heart rate to be 190 plus. I mean, now when I go for a run, I actually feel like I can push myself even harder because I'm like, well, you know what, actually my engine actually can rev a lot harder than it is. So, um, That's you know, one I thing. think, yeah, Sorry. a lot of benefit. Yeah, I was just going to say a lot of benefits, I think, now coming from bike racing that I can actually use, you know, in my, in my training for Ironman, which is, which is exciting. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say one thing about your training Ironman for one, there's hardly any racing. So you're training all the time, which must be hard anyway. And a lot of it is on your own. Like for me, obviously this year we've trained a lot on our own compared to normal, like, because we've had to, but you know, when it comes to training in a group, like you got training camps and, you know, even, you know, down where we live, there's a ton of us here and, you know, training in a group, it just, you can get so much more out of yourself. So it must be hard. Like it's a proper lonely existence, a, existence, a, a uh, Ironman triathlete. No, like, cause yeah, yeah it could be. On your own, like, and that's just the bike side of it, like swimming and running. You're on your Todd now as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely swimming and running. I, I spend. I mean, that's the great thing about being with you guys. I mean, I'm, you know, if I'm down there, maybe I'm that's with why you, guys, you talk so much when you are with us. Probably because just I'm like you got up. all this conversation. Just <laughs> I've been on my own for a fucking month in a swimming pool, running on my bike, and I'm finally with other humans. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> when I'm out on my own, I actually listen to the I listen to the radio because. When there's a radio and there's like a host talking, you can kind of pretend to engage with them. So I kind of talk to the, you know, when they're discussing something, I can kind of get involved in the conversation, even though <laughs> it's just playing through my speaker. But um, if you just got music playing, you know, yeah, you can sing along, but it's not really like you feel like you're involved in the conversation or you think you're doing anything. <laughs> hey, but, so I've, um, just, yeah. I've just had a quick uh, look from the results from Algarve. Do you remember where you were in that time trial? Behind Swifty. In front of me. Was he in front of you? So, of course, you were seventy third. Two minutes. Where was Vanderpol? Where was Vanderpol? I'm not sure, but Math. Hang on, Two minutes twenty four seconds, twenty five seconds down. Danny mm-hmm. Van Poppel beat you by a second. Oh, that's embarrassing. So, I'm not sure this old triathlon is cracked up to what it's supposed to be <laughs> even john dibbon john dibbon beat you by uh 15 seconds or so oh god yeah you were you were uh, thinking about that run weren't you i wasn't thinking about the run but i definitely was concerned <laughs> about how much it hurt uh during it i kept on you know every time there was a roller and i'd try and push i'd be like oh no you know don't push too hard you know you've got to get through it i sort of just didn't comprehend i think i remember averaging around 380 watts which is basically what i average for every sort of 20 minute effort that i've done for the last five years so um yeah i need to learn to um open the throttle a little bit again uh and yeah i spoke to when i spoke to steve peters and had my little interview that was one thing we discussed was um a lot of it is uh yeah you you've you've mentally got a got an approach to iron man and that probably doesn't help you much in bike racing so that time trial definitely alluded me to that. I, I'm certainly pretty confident I could push myself a lot harder than that. Um, but um, having said that, um, you know, when you spoke to Steve Peters, did when you spoke to Steve Peters, did you mention that you put the radio on and talked to the radio? Might <laughs> <laughs> be worthwhile, mate. I, I, I was I was trying to I was trying to not raise any alarm bells to my um, my behaviour. I was trying to. Uh, you know, keep it, keep it um, performance enhancement related to, uh, to, the, yeah. to, to, to the psychology side of things. So I'm wondering, right, oh. Oh. Um, going forward, so you're under contract with um, Team Ineos this year. What's, what's your goal for next year? Do you want to, like, take a massive step forward with Ironman and go back to, like, full-time with that? Do you want to get another contract with, psych- with a, a cycling team and, and give it a crack for another year? What's your ambition? For the future, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, I man. I mean, I, I really want to win Kona. That's that's personally my, you know, my biggest goal. Um, I mean, well, I that's yeah, I, now, yeah, 
that's postponed till, till February the 5th. So, you know, G finally has, has got a really important job next January when we're in LA to, to get me ready for Kona. So I'm, I might, I might come over, just do the bike leg, just, <laughs> just to show it, just to, just so I could show how good I really am. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that would be good. But, um, yeah, no, next year, I mean, that, so if that happens, you know, there'll be a Kona in February, there'll be another one in October. But having said that, the middle part of the year will be free. Um, you know, regarding, like, we're all in the team. Obviously, man, I mean, it's a dream come true to come come back to racing. But at this point, I, I didn't need to, to come back. I, I said to Dave, you know, at the camp, if, if I can be of help, if I can be of value to the team and, and play a, a role, the, the role that I've got now and do it really well, and that's, and that's helpful to the team, then yeah, absolutely, I'd love to continue that. But obviously, that has to, you know, that has to that has to be has to work, you know, for for the team, and um, that's what's most important. You know, there's there's 30 guys on the team, and and that running well is is paramount. You know, I'm on my own, so um, you know that really takes um, takes second fiddle to to anything like that. I certainly don't want to get in the way. I um, I feel extremely grateful for the fact that you guys have put up with me for the last few years um, with training and, and being around and no being <laughs> well yeah, you probably could have you probably could have kicked up a bit of a stink <laughs> if you wanted but you've all been great and um and it's certainly been you know the big reason why i've improved you know myself in uh in iron man and then also been able to just slot back in the way i have so um yeah, you've definitely come. added value to the camp sir good chat just you know, in the yeah, fifth well, hour when you're getting a bit tired, and then Cam FM starts up and passes yeah, a bit of time. Especially when people forget to bring a radio, you know, bring a speaker or something, which can often happen. You know, it's uh, that's where I really come into my own, become quite quite invaluable. The best though is when you just press on a little bit more, and then you slowly stop talking, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's more like it now. But just. I, I kind of know when I've been talking too much because I know I notice that happens. <laughs> Just for people at home, though, it's not. You know, we said you joined the team, you, you knew Tim and stuff. It's not just because you know him, but just if you can briefly mm. explain how it all came about. You firstly, you know, did that camp with Froomey and then blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. It's so quite, I was. Yeah, sorry. I was just. Yeah, I was just in Australia and not doing a hell of a lot. I was actually sort of planning on going back to LA and started work, start working in finance. And, um, yeah, I, my, my phone rang. I've never, ever, I used WhatsApp, but I didn't know you could make phone calls. And I had a phone call from Kero popped up on the screen and I, I keep in touch. And as I said, I've kept in touch with him for, for years since rowing days, but yeah. And so I was looking at my phone thinking, how do I answer this thing? Anyway, I figured it out and answered it. It was Kero and he, you know, pretty straight to the point. We hadn't spoken to him in probably two years. Just asked me if I wanted to come up and train with Froomey for, you know, 10 days because um, Dula got sick and Kenny had to go to Down Under and uh, Froomey needed... Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Basically, mm. Dula got appendicitis in Tour Down yeah. Under. We needed another guy. Kenny mm. was in... Where is it? Like, Queensland? The Gold Coast. Yeah, Brisbane, yeah, with Froomey. Yeah, with Froomey, training with him. So, Kenny had to come and race. So, then <laughs> Froomey being the diva he had... Has needed somebody to train with him. Yep. <laughs> and so Caro knew you, knew you were in the yep. area, so rang you up. You came along, trained yep. with Rumi. Yep. Didn't piss him off too much. Seemed no. to be able to handle yourself on the long general rides, whatever. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're at most training camps with us, and then you got yeah. contact with the team. It's mad how yeah. things kind of work out, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so Dool didn't get appendicitis. Yeah. None of this what happens. Happened. Mate, I, I wouldn't have even done the sport of triathlon probably. As I said, I was happy done. You know, I was happy in LA. I was happy with where I'd found to work. And um, yeah, but I thought, oh, this might be the last sort of sporting thing, I, little camp, whatever I have. So I, I went up there. I didn't take a heart rate monitor. I didn't take a power meter. I was like, I'm just going to try and keep up. And uh, it turned out that he couldn't drop me, you know, for a couple of weeks. And so, um, yeah, Tim sort of said, you know, do you really want to quit sport? And I said, oh, I'd, I'd done a couple of triathlons in uh, in my time away, and and thought that was pretty good. And Tim sort of thought that I could potentially be, you know, could do well at that. And so, yeah, got into that and for the year, and um, ended up qualifying for Kona as a pro that year. That was probably a big thing because you know you had to be in the top fifty in the world ranking. So I started the season quite late, and 
just snuck in in the last race. I was literally, I was ranked number 50 after the last race of the qualifying period. And yeah, from there, everything just sort of, you know, really went my way. Um, you know, they sent me to Pinarello to get fitted for the bike. And then I went to, then I went to your hometown or your home country, sorry, should I say, Wales and won my oh, first exactly. race. Yeah. On the, on the, on the Pinarello, it was his first race and it won. And, um, Lovely yeah, day went, as well, wasn't it? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> is that the hardest? Is that the hardest one, Tenby? Oh yeah, by far. I mean, it's one that I said I'd never do again. I mean, I say that I'll definitely do it again, but at the time I was like, <laughs> I'll never do that again. Yeah, it was Tour of Britain. Tour of Britain when it finished in Cardiff. It was that terrible day. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the same, same day. day. Yeah, it was the same day. Mm. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. yeah. It was torrential Monsoon. rain. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was really miserable and um, yeah. But anyway, that you know that really set things off. And then went to Kona, broke the bike course record, and that obviously created a bit of buzz. And you know, Pinarello got more involved. We developed the bike, and yeah, obviously more involved with you guys. That next year, I went to LA. G and I had our first little trip to LA, and obviously, 2018 went went pretty well for from there for well both of us. <laughs> but um, and um, yeah, it's just sort of evolved from there. So, um, yeah, pretty incredible. I really owe Duel something. I've, I've been thinking of something I'd, to repay him. I'll, I'll come up with something at some point. But, um, yeah, without Duel and his, his little little bug, I, I, I wouldn't be sitting here. There's no way. So, sorry, we're jumping around quite a lot here. But just to go back to the very start, your rowing days, yeah. how, how good a rower were you then? You went to the Olympics, obviously. Like, what yeah. were your sort of achievements in rowing? Uh, well, we won the under-23 Worlds the year before the Olympics, um, but then bombed out at the Olympics. This with is big two man or four? Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, well, I was in the four the year before and then two of us went into the double for the Olympics. And uh, what's the, Sorry, what's the actual word of a four-man boat? It's not called a four-man, is it? Uh, yeah, it's called, well, I was lightweight. So um, there's two boats for the Olympics. There's a lightweight four and a lightweight double. And with that, you have to have a crew average of 70 kilos. And oh, I thought, that, I thought the there four, was some fancy word for it. Yeah, and so lightweight four, when they say four or eight, that means you've got one or each or pair. Whereas when it's a double or a quad, um, that's when you've got two oars each. So when you're and what in the did double, you do? So I did the four when we won Worlds, and then I did the double at the Olympics because, okay. uh, yeah. Go on. Sorry, carry on about your yeah. own career. And so that was that. Was that. I, you know, we won under 23. We got smashed at the Olympics. We didn't even make the final. Um, and then uh, you know, I was pretty young. I was 19, 20, and both of us were young. That was probably, the, you know, not a lot of experience. And it's a big step. In that sport, the Olympics is, I mean, as you know, you know with like the track, you know, the Olympics is the big, the big thing. So um, there's a huge step up from only under 23 to the Olympics. And then uh, a couple of years later, actually in eight. 2006 um, at Eton, uh, I was we were fourth, so showing some signs of improvement. But then I um, then I got tendonized my wrist and blew out and had to have a break, and that was how I got into cycling. And uh, yeah, and as I said, I sort of found That's out that going issue. forwards was yeah going forwards was better than backwards, and kept doing that. Sweet. So one question we ask everyone: you're going to yeah. have a pick of some sports as well here, but what would you say your greatest achievement is in sport my personal one uh yeah. well i'd say definitely qualifying for kona as a pro that first time um you know that race i had to you know i had to come second and you know, it was the last race and you know i just know now that if i hadn't got second that day got third and not been there you know i mean that it just changed so much so um Where yeah, was that was that? pretty that was in sweden uh it was yeah i'd been I'd been on a camp with Froomey after the he after the tour. He went to Chatel and he was getting ready for the Vuelta and had a few weeks with him and yeah, trained really well and um, went along to Sweden and uh, and that was I, my best marathon to that date was I think a three twelve and that day I ran a three oh one and uh, one guy ran me down in the last sort of ten k but you know I got second and that was all I needed and uh, and obviously then from there took my chances won Wales after that biggest victory. Go Wales. Yeah. And what about Oggy, the Oggy, Oggy. achievement you've, uh, you've witnessed? Witness? Yeah, well, not to piss in your pocket, but I've got to say, you know, stage 11 in uh, the Tour in 2018, 
Um, I was I was there. I, that's the other thing I've been doing this stuff with the Australian broadcast the last couple of years, few years, and well, that was the first day that we attended that year. The whole family was there. Found nine, the dog, of course, at that point, no kid, but um, yeah, went along and was there calling the calling the action. And towards the end, it was pretty hard to control the excitement when you uh, you know pursued it away for your first um, for for the for the win and. Obviously went into yellow, not only that, but Froome obviously went into second, and the team, you know, well and truly got into con- in control. And yeah, being able to then come and see you guys after the race, and um, remember coming to catch up with you on the bus, and you were trying to get changed, and I had Fallon with me, and you're all a, <laughs> it's all a bit awkward. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, especially that year, you know, when we started. Nothing just seen before, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, after starting in LA and, and having that block there, we had a fair bit of time in Tenerife, and um, you know, just sort of, yeah, it was it was it was really that was really exciting to be there and see that. So um, that's definitely the best answer we've had, I think, Luke. Oh, mate, <laughs> as if as if that's your answer. Like, Come even if it again. was, you should you should have just lied. You should have lied. Like, oh, I got to hear about this Tour de France most days, and now you just pumped his tires up even more. Jesus. Uh, well, I was. That's the you said actually witnessed, and you were there. So that was of the few you know big events that I've been to and witnessed. That was, uh, yeah, that's definitely one that was pretty special days. No, no, good answer, good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we also ask our lovely guests um, if you're on death row and you can have one final. You've been granted one final three course meal. Um, what are you going to have? Start a main dessert, and if you want. You can wash it down with a little something. What are you going for? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd have sushi. Um, so I guess I could have sushi as an entree and then a poke bowl for the main. And then uh, I'd go to... Double to, sushi. Bloody yeah, double sushi. I love sushi. I'm actually a decent cook, and that's one thing I can't cook. So if I ever have a chance to... My choice of going out to do something, I freaking love sushi. You don't cook sushi, though, do you? It's raw. No. Well, it's yeah, raw, but exactly, to wrap it but up is hard, eh? Yeah, I got a sandwich. Oh, right, mess. Yeah. yeah, and get the quality right. You know, the quality of the fish and everything. No, you leave that to the experts. And um, and then for dessert, I mean, you can't go past past um, toppings. Um, you know, frozen yogurt we have in LA is pretty pretty spectacular. <laughs> Something we talk about pretty much all day while we're training. So um, yeah, be a double sushi and a frozen yogurt for me. What and are you going to wash I, it down with? Oh Guinness, a uh, big fan of Guinness. But just really? uh, just a little, just a little nip of lemonade, just to sweeten it up a little bit. I like sugar, so yeah. Guinness and lemonade together. Yeah, <laughs> just a just a dash of lemonade, not too much. Oh, the, the Irish are going to want to kill you for that. <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like poison in a pint. That is. He does. <laughs> he does like his sweet stuff. Every coffee stop in LA, he'll come out with like. <laughs> cookies and a muffin like oh yeah do you want some boys <laughs> knowing that we're trying to like them down a bit now nah, we're all right mate he just eats it all <laughs> well, what about so we were in um before Cadell Evans <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he got me he got me in the shit here so was, <laughs> do you know this story G? I think so we're, so we're, st- we're stopped at the cafe I had like a little bit of cake and a, and a coffee. Um, Cam orders this like sun, like Sunday yeah. big ice ice cream Sunday flakes <laughs> and chocolate and sauce all over it, massive thing. <laughs> and he sends a pic and this thing, um, you know, five thousand calorie thing is just sat in front of me, and he sends a picture to Caro. <laughs> and he gets back to me and he's like what the fuck is Luke eating at the coffee stop? Like, <laughs> a cake's all right, but he's like, he's having a, you know, a chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Mm. So I got him, like, they come, coaches come to me and it's like, ah, oh, Luke, come on, like, don't take the piss when you stop at the calf, you know, like, be a bit sensible. I'm thinking, what? So I had a bit of cake and, and a thing. So no, no, you had, you had a Sunday. Um, Tim's seen a picture. I'm thinking <laughs> back, I'm going, I didn't have a Sunday. And then sure as shit, I put two and two together. Cam flicked me royale. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I did take the blame when Tim Tim finally realised that it was asked me if it was mine. Oh, I know you weren't. You weren't trying to get me into trouble. It's just the way no, it kind of worked out. But no, but it, it came about because they told me I, for some with the travel or something I don't have coffee or I had a test or I might have had to have a, a blood test or something because you know, it was still rushing to get all that stuff done and couldn't have caffeine. So uh, yeah, I got a nice chocolate and they obviously in Australia they loaded up with ice cream for you because it's couldn't fifty degrees. Caffeine, so I had a big ass bloody. <laughs> Sunday, oh, mate, it? it was like a litre of ice cream. Water, mate. Oh, gosh, it tasted good, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was hot that day. What about three guests that you can have with you? Well, you um, so... Oh, are you going to ta- take your hero, Geraint Thomas? No, 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 no. <laughs> no not for this one. I've had plenty okay. of meals with him. But um, uh, I'd say Nelson Mandela first. Um, he's quite... Um, a winner is a dreamer that never gives up is my favorite um, quote of all time. So yeah, I just sort of obviously was pretty amazing what he did in life. I loved how he sort of had included sport in, in a lot of the way he changed, uh, changed the course of things for the South Africans and um, even, you know, throughout the world. So yeah, Nelson Mandela would be, would be the one I'd love to pick his brains with. Um, And then being from the Commonwealth and, being the butt of most jokes, the queen, you know, to pick a female. Um, be great okay. to sit down and, yeah, see what, um, see what she's got to say. Uh, she always speaks so well. So, um, yeah, that would, be, uh, that would be my female at the table, be the queen, because you always joke about it after all. And then uh, finally, Conor McGregor. Um, just because, oh, great uh, answer. Great answer. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I mean, I love, the fo- I love watching the fight stuff and, all of it and but him I'm not a fan. you know gotta say i'm yeah. not a fan yeah i know but overrated he's awesome i mean win or lose he's you know he, he he does it well and um and everything i've heard from people that i do know in the five business he's actually quite the gentleman so i think he'd actually get along quite well gentleman he sparked out an old guy in a pub not a fan yeah yeah but um yeah, so anyway, He's going to be so hunting be you down now, G. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. But He's the sort of guy that has a crack at anything. I reckon if you told him that Chi challenged him to something on a bike, he'd actually he'd somehow manage to convince the world that he could beat you, even though he'd he he he? his ass. Connor, He's Connor. Amazing like that. Yeah, he'd actually convince everyone he could win the Tour de France and then you know, miss the time cut the first day, but he'd still be a hero. So. Let's do my dome. <laughs> If yeah. I can get 10 million for racing him at Madonna, I'd take <laughs> Mate, 100. Would you, would you go in the octagon with Conor McGregor for 100 million? Who? You. <laughs> Me, not a chance, mate. <laughs> Actually, yeah, just go in, get knocked out, get 100 mil. Thing is, though, I'm ben, not kidding ben, anyone. I'm, I'm not hard, but he's just a knob. We didn't ask if you were. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't want to know what's going on down south but um, the problem is right if you fight someone like that like someone asks you the question like would you take a punch off Mike Tyson for a million pounds no because he could kill you like yeah. people like that if they hit you in the right place like they oh, that doubt, they train to kill so even for a hundred million like you could die yeah yeah I mean, they've got scar tissue on their chins I mean they <laughs> they're designed to take punches um, oh, animals. Each other. I'd yeah. like to train with one of those guys, not the actual contact bit, but I'd love to train with him because that's it looks like good, like real hard, you know, full on, full body, like, you know, smash yeah. yourself. But what fascinates me about them is we lose, some, we lose an event and you go home, yeah, you're disappointed. They lose and they get crap beaten out of them. So the mentality, the psychology, the psychology they must have for training. I agree. Yeah, just, it's what fascinates me, you know. I mean, how hard they. I mean, you just wouldn't want to leave. You definitely. I mean, we never want to leave a stone unturned. But in that case, you you just really couldn't. Like mentally, you couldn't have any doubts. Um, right. If we don't prepare properly for a race, yeah, we get dropped. We get in the bus and we're like, oh, that was shit. If they don't prepare properly for a fight, they get punched in the face loads of times and it hurts. Yeah. And. Yeah, essentially, essentially, like certainly at the higher weight divisions, then you know there's been deaths. So, yeah, like you say, die as well, mate. Going down those. Well, mountains. yeah, 
Yeah, but, well, there's been Risk tests in cycling. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... But yeah, knowing no, every no, time you go in the ring... Yeah, it is a valid point, but I guess we never really see it that way because, you know, you just don't prepare for that. I mean, they're prepared. They know they're going to get hit. They know that that's a consequence. It's all the mental. It's all the mental thing, isn't it? Like we don't go down a one of those descents thinking, "Oh, if I went off here, this could be bad." You, you're in the zone of just racing and going down a hill, and yeah. it'd be the same, I'm sure, with them, wouldn't it? They're just they're going in there, and it's not like it's not like a fight outside a pub, is it? Like they're actual. There's a technique and a tactic to what they're doing. Like they are fighting, but it's like you know, it's boxing, isn't it? Like in boxing, they box. They don't just go in there and try to like wipe them out. Yeah, yeah. There's a technique to throw in a punch, and there's a technique to take in a punch as well. And it's not just like, yeah, basket. Uh, we've I mean, we've got way rogue out here. Yeah, yeah take, so taking the punch. boxing pundits here, like. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly, it's like, would you take a punch off Tyson for a million? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Well, boys, I gotta go. I've got to. Uh, yeah, got a massage or something? Who's yeah? Who, you, how are you going? Washing your bike, G? Cleaning your bike after every ride? Or do you yeah, get yeah, muck off. Someone Great. down. Use it. Use it every other day. Muck off. Yeah. Every other day. Yeah, it doesn't rain down here, mate. Okay. <laughs> Just wash off the pollen. That's about it. <laughs> Can't be too cautious Cheers, these days, boys. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Cam. Take care, boys. Thanks, nice, guys. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Yeah.